This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Back on halftime, we'll go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and visit with Grant Hall. Uh, on a Wednesday. Grant, always appreciate talking with you today. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well, but sad like everyone else. You know, I'm, I'm over here about 50 yards from the Razorback Foundation where Dean Weber, uh, you, you know, was still coming in until a couple of months ago. And, of course, he's been quite ill for some time. I, I visited him in hospice maybe a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Dave Van Horn uh, had a press conference maybe 150 yards from where I'm parked right now. And he talked about how Dean, uh, he knew him, you know, when Dave was playing in Arkansas in the 1981-82 school year, uh, he knew him all the way back then. and said he loved baseball. And he, 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 he took control of the room and got after guys. And Matt uh, can appreciate that, certainly. I, I heard uh, your comments, Matt, earlier. And then I saw Marvin Kasten a minute ago, and he said, we lost a giant. He said, uh, it, "It's funny." He said he he, he dog cussed me and Anthony Lucas our to- whole freshman year until we realized that many liked us. And uh, he, he said he came to my wedding, uh, heart of gold, helped people for fifty years. And uh, you know, Dave mentioned that uh, it's just, you know super sad day. We all loved him and he loved us. I mean, I can tell you personally, guys, uh, that I my wife and I. And three children, uh, all five of us, Dean, say, I would say saved us a lot of doctor's bills through the years <laughs> by just looking at us for uh, ailments real or imagined. And here's what's interesting to me about Dean. You know, there were some old-school trainers, and I go, I go all the way back to remembering Bill Groundhog Farrell at Arkansas back when the training room was so small and bad that nobody wanted to be in there you know that was the idea the players just hated to be in there and now we've got you know whirlpools and all these now it's requirements you have to go by there for 30 minutes yeah it's lavish you know the but he had a i would say uh matt he had a football coach's mentality and that helped so many guys i remember one time me daryl mason got hurt in a game and lost four teeth he lost his front teeth you know and and Dean was treating him over there, and he said, Daryl, we, you know, we can help you, but we can't do it till Monday or something. And the son of a gun went back in the game, you know, and, and played. I mean, that's just how it was back then. I mean, you know, I, I could talk all day about Dean Weber, but just um, really appreciate his personal kindnesses to me and my family. He, he was kind of like a little MacGyver out there. Like if something was going on with you, he could figure it out. Uh, I, I had a hamstring issue at, 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 at Starkville, Mississippi State, my senior year, and he had this contraption. You know those stretch bands you use and you, you put one under your foot and you just use your arm and you see them all the time. So he taped one to my calf and to my hamstring and had some other pad on it where my, my leg went all the way go out. Kind of like the Mississippi State running back, if you remember last year when Mississippi State was up here at the, at the university when, when, the, when they played. And I was out on one leg, but he, he had it going on, had you feeling right. That's amazing. That's not a that's not a um, a trademark contraption. That's never done it before. Never done it huh? since. Oh yeah, I, I, absolutely. I'll never uh, forget this story. One time, I, I one of my, my well, I, my four year old boy was in there with me when I was, went into his office one time, and he had he had this pacifier, and so Dean just said, "Hey, let me see that," and he and he took it and put it in his desk drawer, and that was the end of the pacifier for that kid. You know, <laughs> Dean decided he was older. He He's was old age. enough. Should, that's yeah, funny. That's right. Well, Grant, the way that you're talking about him and the way that Clay has spoken about him, you know, and, and, and Chuck, uh, you know, we're, we're talking with Matt about what it was like to be on the inside of the locker room with him and, 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 and what he did for him as a student athlete. And then, of course, the relationship went farther than that. But when I hear media members, you know, talking about the friendship they developed with him, this also sounds like a bygone era. You know, I mean, it's yeah, not, I don't, it, it I'm, this makes, isn't, to me, this also, Grant, isn't like a value judgment on how the athletic department does things now, but you, not many, I don't think many media members know, you know, Dave Polanski, who's the football athletic trainer right now. Yeah, I was going to make that same point today, you know, and it, I'm almost wistful about it because 
I probably could go back and find at least 500 newspaper stories of mine that, that had trainer Dean Weber in the story, you know, and he, and Dean, I mean, young writers, man, you had to pay your dues, you know, and maybe it's four or five years. And then all of a sudden you go in there and, and he'd tell you about the eight players you asked about and maybe a couple of you didn't ask about, but you, you know, Matt, you had to kind of earn your stripes mm-hmm, with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I mean, I so appreciated that and I mean now good luck trying to find about injuries about anybody you know <laughs> excuse me it's just a whole um, a whole different I mean and part of the I guess the HIPAA thing you know now uh, there are ways that uh, you don't have to talk about player injuries because because you just don't have to. Uh, let's uh, move on to some baseball. I know Dave Van Horn had a presser uh, ten o'clock this morning over at Baum Walker. It was not made available on Zoom. So I have no idea what it was that he said. Tell me what you heard today. Well, I'd say the first thing people would probably want to know, the, the rotation, uh, and it's a rare four-game series with James Madison. So you got Hagen Smith, Brady Tigert, Mason Molina, and Colin Fisher in that order. Freshman Colin Fisher, uh, they've mentioned that it's easier probably, a little bit easier maybe for freshmen to play early uh, just because of all the things you have to know. In, in baseball now and everything, then position players. But uh, Ben Bobby has had this hamstring. He tried to go a little bit indoors last week and uh, didn't have his best stuff, so they're going to wait on him a little bit. Uh, Gabe Gackle of California is a good candidate uh, who was close probably to being in that rotation. But he said the game will tell us what to do. And, of course, uh, the, the big news item this week, I guess, about baseball was the injury to Peyton Stovall. He said, it was really tough for me and him. Uh, Dave said, I said, you're one of the strongest guys mentally on the team. You know, it's going to be a while before he can play, but uh, typically he was standing in there taking a, a hit by pitch, uh, and, and it got him on the foot. So another Peyton, uh, Peyton Holt, will play second base, and Jared uh, Sprague Lott of Philadelphia, of all places, goes to third base. Uh, this James Madison team hit almost 300 last year. They got an outfielder named Trimble. Who's really a tough out, uh, but they don't know a whole lot about them, so they're going to watch. You know, they will watch batting practice closely and uh, and try to get a, an idea. And the other really interesting thing about this opener, uh, besides the weather, because, because by the way, he'd like to move that thing up to like one o'clock, but they've got a flyover scheduled, and uh, so it'll be probably three o'clock as scheduled on on Friday. I believe that's right, isn't it, uh, Phil? That's the right it game is. time. It is. It's three o'clock. Yeah, but he said we're going to hit our catch our catcher leadoff, and that's Hudson White, who was the best hitter in the fall, I think, by average probably from from Kennett, Missouri, uh, where Reese Robinette is all, also from, by the way, Kennett, Missouri. But that's unusual. Uh, he, he thought of uh, Craig Biggio, I guess, uh, did that in the major leagues. So they'll go kind of righty lefty, righty lefty through the lineup and. Uh, you know, it's uh, they did a little bit of talk about the wireless communications that everybody's doing now. Uh, he calls the 22nd pitch clock the shot clock, but he said it does speed up the game. And by the way, he also said that Dylan Carter is ahead of schedule, uh, the pitcher from Bentonville who had Tommy John surgery. So uh, hopefully we can see him sometime. What's your level of belief in how good this team can be? Some, some fan, I don't blame people for being skeptical just because of, uh, you know, the hype hasn't led to success this athletic season so far. But I, I view baseball independently because it's the most it's the most consistent program on campus outside of track. Yeah, and some by the way, someone told me the other day that women's track is is has got a great chance for national championships. I think the men may have a tougher time because they lost 20 points, you know, with the with the kid that, uh, the great jumper, you know, that's 20 points probably they lost from him. But, yeah, baseball is always good. It's it's uh, They had 10 injuries last year, Phil, as you know. Um, and he talked at Swatter's Club about that. I mean, that's the and that's the unknown, and you already got Stovall out for a while and, and maybe another player or two that, that'll be a while. But uh, if they can stay healthy – then I think there's there are grounds for this optimism that everybody has, and I, I've seen them enough to see the power they've got and the pitching depth, and so uh, you know it's just, it just should be a fun season. 
Well, let's let's change it back to a little basketball, Grant. Uh, Devo came back. Uh, I, I thought that was uh, kind of a, a, a regular Devo game. Uh, didn't didn't mess up a lot. You know, made the right basketball play. Ha- had a little bit of everything in the in the stat column. Uh, didn't didn't really try to get too aggressive on offense, but just just made the right play. I like Tennessee's guards. Uh, uh, I, I really do. I think Tennessee has one of the best teams in the, in the SEC. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on tonight? Any any way we can slow Tennessee down? Well, I don't like the fact they're coming off a loss. You know, it seems like anytime you think about maybe Arkansas pulling an upset, uh, if if they just lost to the previous team, which I think it was A and M, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so A and M just know, lost to Vanderbilt. If you saw that's that last right. night, yeah, yeah, they they've lost twice at the buzzer: once to Arkansas, and once to Vanderbilt. But uh, Tennessee as you know, Eric told us Monday it, it could be a Final Four team, maybe even a chance for the whole thing. They they've got three really good players back. Everyone knows about it. This, this Dalton Connect could play the, could be the player of the year. I mean, he's averaging twenty six in conference games. So that to me is a reason enough for fans to uh, uh, undertake the eight o'clock starting time. Sometimes on Wednesday night, eight o'clock, maybe there aren't quite as many fans. Uh, they only have probably I would say about ten thousand five hundred on. Saturday is estimating. So they, um, you know, if you have a typical uh, Bud Walton Arena crowd, we've seen this team beat uh, Purdue and, and <laughs> Duke and Texas A&M this year. So uh, who knows? But yeah, yeah, what you said yesterday, Matt, uh, on paper, it wouldn't look very good for Arkansas. Yeah, that, that Zeller guy, there, he's been there, it seems like, forever. Hey, hey, Grant, I want to get your thoughts on the 24-year-old uh, number 15 Mitchell on, on on for the Arkansas Razorbacks and just what what has changed with him? What has flipped the switch? Because it just seems like he's been playing his best basketball as an Arkansas Razorback uh, since his 24th birthday. Yeah, I, I, the most simple way to say it is more playing time, I think. You know, he, he's, he's gotten a chance lately. And he's averaging, what, 14 and 8 or something the last, the last few games. And I, I thought that one game they played through him. And I agree with you about Devo, by the way. I thought they played through Devo the other night. And he was uh, pr- probably a lot better than his stats would show. Made that great pass to Mitchell for that key layup, you know, mm-hmm, late in the game. Mm-hmm. And didn't try to do anything he could. I don't think he made a single mistake, maybe until the final minute or so in the game. So, uh, and he, uh, Eric's already told us he's going to play a lot of minutes this game. Um, but yeah, you're right about Mitchell. I mean, he, if this team is going to uh, shock anybody or, you know, down the stretch or in the tournament or something, in the conference tournament, uh, he'll be a key player. Hey, hey, Matt, one other quickly, could I, because I heard you mention, uh, uh, Benson yesterday. You said Billy Bob Benson. I think it was Buddy Bob Benson. Yeah, it was Buddy Bob. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I was... But so your dad went to Washington, is that right? Yeah, my my dad, uh, he, he he played football. Him him and his brother. He met my mom down there in racquetball class, and then here I am. Uh, but he played uh, he played uh, for Buddy Bob Benson down there at at, at Washington Baptist. Yes, sir. My parents went there, and my dad was at the nineteen fifty four. Uh, Ole Miss Arkansas game at War Memorial Stadium that the twenty five little pigs won mm. on a pass from Buddy Bob Benson How to cool. Preston Carpenter. And uh the next Monday I had a history professor tell me that Bowden Wyatt was still mad at Benson on Monday for, for running the wrong play, even though it was a winning touchdown pass. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the game a lot of people thought was kind of the beginning of modern Razorback football where fans just went nuts, you know, and they had that great cotton bowl season and uh went on from there. Grant, wrap up here on a thought on uh, well, you get to you know you get to give a little uh, soliloquy if you want on Valentine's Day or anti Valentine's Day. It's, you know, it just depends on your your uh, your situation in life and uh, how cynical or optimistic you feel like being. Well, if you're in the media, you know it's not always uh, holidays aren't always this, like you know we got uh, uh, basketball tonight. So oddly enough, my wife went out last night. Uh, we've been married forty almost forty six years. Uh, it was around, I guess, uh, 1977, around this time. It was the first time I called her. It was a blind date, by the way. That's how we met. And, uh, I mean, she's just fantastic. She, I mean, you know, uh, I, I could talk the rest of the night about her, too, but I, I've been lucky. Well, that's sweet. Appreciate that very much, Grant. Thank you very much for your time, and I uh, hope you enjoy the game tonight. 
Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks, Grant. It's Grant Hall, whose uh, relationship with his wife is about as old as I am by less than a month. That's, I'm glad Grant caught that because I caught that later on yesterday about 8 o'clock in the evening. I was like, I said Billy Bob, didn't I? Instead of Can't buddy. be the only one who's ever made that mistake. I, I know, but we were just taught, you know, you just kind of, I was like, it's Buddy Bob. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. Buddy Bob, Billy Bob. Well, yeah, there is a difference between the two of those. That is pretty cool, though. I mean, we've got that connection uh, for Grant with you. Oh, we can open up the McClarty Daniel hotline for you right now. That's 877 6963. Looks like college football may be thinking about implementing a two minute warning. And here I am, I've been thinking all these years, why don't they have one already? Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. For the remainder of this Wednesday edition of Halftime is the one and only Hall of Famer, Clay Henry. Clay, good afternoon. How are you feeling today? I'm doing just fine, guys. Yep. Very good. Very good. Um, we got to get right in here to um, to your remembrances of Dean Weber and, and, and something that we'll be hitting on with you over the next couple of hours. And Man, I got to say, it's, it, it feels rare to me. Now, I love hearing Matt Jones's uh, remembrances of Dean. And I've heard a lot of stuff off the air from Matt about Dean, from uh, what, uh, what started as uh, you know, a relationship between athlete and athletic trainer and certainly turned into... Uh, lifelong friends uh, pretty quickly after that. Um, we talked with Grant Hall about it, media member. We j- we, we've, just had, we've just had regular listeners calling in that had memory, personal memories of Dean Weber. Fans, you know, I mean, just, you know, kind of a regular average Joe off the street in some cases, which you, you just don't hear that about a lot of people that were in the position that Dean Weber was in. And I know you, as someone who covers who's covered the Razorbacks so closely throughout most of your life um, that, that, that yesterday and today is to be a little bit difficult for you. Yeah, so I've got 50 years being around Dean and, you know, the, you know, hanging with my dad or some others and he would be right there and, and uh, you know, he was one of the kingpins. Razorback royalty, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to put it. You know, I've spent most of the morning... Um, either talking about him on the early show with Tommy and Ty, or I'm working on a piece for Hogs Plus, and I've you know, reached out to a lot of former players and coaches, and coaches in different sports, you know, Robert Cox, Norm DeBryan, you know, Lewis Campbell, Houston Nutt, and got their stories. And, you know, one of the things Houston, you know, reminded me, and I guess I'd just forgotten it, you know, how – much of a close confidant he was to uh, to Coach Broyles. And when they were doing things like to change the stadium or build new locker rooms, and Dean would lay it out because he knew where things needed to be. You know, what's, you know, where do you need to have the ice machine? Where do you need to have this? I mean, how, you know, this is all, you know, he, he the, the guts of that building, he, he knew what was needed. Um, and Coach Broyles deferred. And Houston talked about a Thursday night meeting at 10 o'clock he always had with Dean and uh, no other staff in there. And he said it was the most important meeting he had every week. You know, and he knew what players needed to have, you know, maybe to be jacked up a little bit, maybe to be, you know, stroked a little bit. You know, maybe who was down, who, who was, you know, who had something going on at home. And I had not thought about it in these terms, but Houston said, Late in life, most trainers don't, the head trainer does not tape ankles. Dean never stopped taking ankles all the way to the end. He wanted to be there. He wanted to be beside his other trainers. You know, there might be 10 
trainers taping ankles. Matt could probably speak on that, but that Dean was going to tape ankles and he was going to tape certain ankles every time. That 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 hits to me a little bit on one thing that he that you know about. Every athlete gets their ankle taped before they go out onto a football field. That's an opportunity, no matter how, like you said, how high you you've. Um, you know, been raised inside the athletic department or inside the athletic to tra- uh, training department. In this case, that's that's getting one on one with everybody. You know, because <laughs> at some point you're going to tape their ankle. You get a chance to look in their eye, maybe talk a little bit or not. I mean, it's just laying hands on feet. It's it's a personal thing. So I mean, to me, I don't I didn't know Dean Weber. I, I I think I met him once or twice. But that speaks to I think the humanity of the person and the need for him, or at least the understanding of. This is a, that's a way to at least have one-on-one time with people that maybe you wouldn't if you would not be just taping ankles. Yeah, it's uh, he was he was really gifted, and I'm sure he was a psychologist in in a way. Um, but he could you know he can make a player understand that yeah you're hurting, but you can still play, and this is why you should still play. And this is you're not gonna this isn't this isn't something. It's going to cause you to be, you know, a cripple or you know lose your 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 way to the NFL. But that this, you know, what you've got is is uh, you know what I've seen, and he can name off the players that had played with that particular injury and how they got through it, and how long it was going to take, and it was you know it was going to bother you for a little while, but you can still we will get you through it. Um, you know, Houston said that he was a freshman in two days getting his ankle taped by Dean Weber and R.C. Tillman and Greg Cook, who were seniors, picked him up and threw him into cold tub. And the whole place just erupted, you know, and he climbed out, hugged him, cursed him, uh, got back to taping ankles. Um, and it, But it, the relationship that he had with those guys was, was really uh, unusual and he didn't understand it at first, but he says, you know, by the time that he was back as a head coach, he did understand it, the, the love that everybody had for, for Dean and the trust that he built as a, as a trainer. Darren McFadden, the same thing. Um, and, you know, there's some unique stories that Darren told me a little while ago that, uh, yeah, he said, I said, well, tell me about the conversation. He goes, well, you can't write them. Mm-hmm. I said, well, what do you mean you can't? She said, well, they're a little bit too colorful for, for the printed word. <laughs> We're not talking about needing a color printer in that case either. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, but uh, he's like, a, he said, I could call him. And he says, even after I was done, I, I call him every week. Or he called me every week, no matter where I was. And I back, you know, in the off season, I was like, I'd like to go rabbit hunting. Uh, and he called me back. This is where you can go. These are... This is where uh, there's some land, and this is the code, and this is where you need to go to take your grandpa and hunt your rabbits. And uh, um, pretty cool to have Darren Darren McFadden hunt rabbits on your land, right? Yeah, yeah, Matt. I, I've had I've had uh, some, and, and with my experience, it's always going to go back to baseball. I've had some experiences with baseball managers, not trainers, but baseball managers that you wonder. You know, the first month or two that you're working with them, it's like, why does this guy not like me? Why, why, why am I always getting some <laughs> crap from this guy? What's going on here? And you just realize that's the way, if they didn't like you, if they didn't want to get to know you a little bit, they wouldn't give you that crap. And then a month later, two months later, you know, you have, there might be a moment where, you know, you got you to gotta go nose to nose and, and everybody kind of, from that point on, it's, it's a matter of respect between two people. Um, how long did it take for you as, as, a, as a freshman to realize, you know, what, what Dean Weber was about and that he probably just liked you and he was just going to give you crap. And, and when did that melt away for you, like any intimidation you might have felt about him? Yeah, well, you know, being raised uh, on the sideline as a baby, you know, my, my dad being a football coach and being around it, uh, you, you kind of know not to speak until you're spoken to when you're a freshman. You know, you you, you haven't made any plays yet. You know, not you every got, freshman knows that, right? Well, you well, I'm that's what I'm yeah, you're right. You know, and so but but I being raised around it, uh yeah, it, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh you, you get you get a chance to know each other. It's uh it's a beautiful thing when when you when you have a relationship with somebody and you trust each other and 
Uh, there's not a lot of lie, you know, there wasn't any, there wasn't no, no, nobody's lying to each other. You know, it's all out of love and respect and, and, and you have a common goal. It, it was pretty cool. Got Charlie on the McClarty Daniel hotline and then we'll break here. Charlie, uh, good afternoon. How you doing today? I'm great guys. Uh, I guess it's a special day for some of us. Uh, Valentine's day. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going to say any more than that. I, I will say though, you know, I am the tuna today, 100%. Maybe we can edit some of this out. Uh, but, you know, I'm not, you know, it is Valentine's Day. And I understand all that, Phil, but, you know, the tuna is not driving two hours during the week after work for nobody for Valentine's Day at this point in his life. Okay, and I, you know, I got a couple, you know, there's a couple women in my life that they think that I should be doing that, and I'm Ooh. like, Charlie's got a collection going on, I guess. <laughs> no, no collection. <laughs> no collection, Phil. Just two. Okay, that's, just two. That's I'm not fine. a harem, but you're headed that direction. That's more than most, Charlie. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to, like, you know, I'm, I'm letting them know, you know, look, I said the words that I needed to say, and I'm not, you know. Not doing it right now. And the team's not doing you have this habit, Charlie, of saying you're not going to get into something. They need to get into it. You better be careful. You're going to get yourself into trouble. You're right. <laughs> you're right. They may be listening right now. I better just go on something else. <laughs> it's like the whole basketball thing last week. Uh, anyway, uh, hey, Matt, did you see the whole thing where the uh, Warriors were talking about, like, oh, they're going to make a trade to LeBron, and it just didn't happen? I Did you That's see that story? No, I did not. Do what? Apparently, there was a rumor that the rumor of the of ownership to ownership talks, Lakers to Warriors to send LeBron to the Warriors, which didn't happen, well, obviously, because the deadline already passed. But Woj, well, um, Woj reported on this, so if he reported on it, or Ramona Shelburne did too. I mean, these are respected journalists. This, this must have happened. Yeah, it did. I believe it. If it came from Woj, him and uh, most time Rappaport for the NFL, I usually. I like to watch, listen to them and Schefter a lot, too, I guess, for the most part. But, yeah, man, uh, the only reason I, I would say it probably didn't happen, if I'm the Lakers and I'm trading LeBron James, you better give me Jonathan Kaminga, <laughs> Clay Thompson, maybe a pick. Something. You, you, they would have been Steph and LeBron and probably not much else over there at this point. And if you really think about it, because LeBron's about to be a free agent, and I don't think Ronnie's going to get drafted. And what I think is going to happen if is, is, is Braun can sway somebody because whoever he can sway to pick up Bronny, I think he goes there unless it's just a really bad team because I, 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 he's about to be a free agent. And, I, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to leave the Lakers, but I, I if he wants to play with his son and if his son wants to play with him, I think that's possible. And if it if it's the Warriors, I would like to see uh, Steph and Braun team up, but I don't think you'd be able to keep, you know, that whole court together. That'd be the only issue. But, you know, it's probably smart on both ends because you don't have to trade all that away to get LeBron. You can just wait till this offseason. Now, he is about to be 40. I keep thinking, like you, Matt, how in the world is he still playing at this level? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Him and Tom Brady somehow just keep getting younger. And I'm, I'm, I'm just old. I just keep getting older, so. It is what it is. Uh, Clay, uh, these two over here, uh, and I agree with them, didn't give us much of a shot tonight in the game. If we were going to somehow pull off the upset tonight against Tennessee, how would we do it? Uh, I guess you'd say we got to play a perfect game probably, and they got to play bad. But anyway, I just wanted to see what you thought about that. Y'all have a good one. Thanks, Charlie. Did you guys ever notice when Charlie says, I'm not going to talk about that, when that's exactly what he was going to talk about? There are habits here. I pick up on some of these That's like when they habits. say, this is not about the money. It's about the money. Then it's always about the money. Then it is probably strictly about the money. So when Charlie says, I don't want to talk about that, then that is absolutely what he called to talk about. Yeah, and we get you get a, you get a text in here who's probably right about this from, from Ryan in Prairie Grove. He says, if you say you got two women, it's like having two quarterbacks. It means you don't have one. I think he might be right. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Let's get a look here. So uh, we didn't get into the um, NFL Combine yesterday, Matt. We've got five Razorbacks that are taking pole. Well, at least were invited to the Combine out of 321. Went and looked to. There are 73 players from the SEC invited uh, to this uh, to uh, to the NFL Combine. That's 73 of 321. That's 23 percent of the players there fully from the SEC. Hogs have as many as South Carolina, more than Ole Miss, more than Mississippi State, the same amount as Auburn, more than Kentucky. Everybody's got more than Vanderbilt. Florida only has two. Tennessee, three there. So, um, did you course, see? Did you see Michigan's total? I think they what, had eighteen kids. Yeah, you brought that up with Bill King yesterday. That's nuts. Whoa. Wow, eighteen <laughs> guys off of one team. That that has to be a record, man. That's that's has to. that's out of control. Now, now to Arkansas's five. I think McLaughlin, if he passes the health test, Phil, if, if his foot's right and he's healthy, he's 100% going to get drafted. Uh, Clay, out of these two linemen, do you think both of them get drafted or do you kind of have, are you kind of leaning towards one of them would go before the other one? They look like free agents to me. Yeah. And that ain't all bad. Yeah, I think yeah you get to choose where you, you kind of get to get a, it's almost like a college recruiting. You get to talk to the yeah. O-line coach and kind of develop a relationship and choose the right fit for you. You know, Limmer has the advantage that it, that he played some center. The versatility is, you know, they don't carry two full, you know, lines in the NFL. It's it's what's about like, eight or nine, right? Yeah, they don't carry ten, and so somebody that's got the versatility. I mean, he's he's definitely not a tackle. He can play guard. He's a better guard than he is a center. Um, but I, you know, I think that. Um, he he's a guy that that to me has the best chance. Besides McLaughlin, uh, other other what than about, yeah, McLaughlin. What about Cam Little? Cam Little, one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, but that's a that's a deal. That's a crapshoot. And you know, there's a lot of kickers that don't get drafted, and that's that would be luck for him if he isn't drafted because a kicker, you you know, you want to go somewhere where they they need a kicker. I'm gonna. I think Cam Little gets drafted. Yeah. I, I think well, I think he's, he's good, that he? talent. I think he's yes, sir, Clay. He's I think he's has that much talent yeah. that somewhere there, the sixth or seventh round, you have your field goal kicker for the next decade, maybe two decades, as long as as, as long as kickers goes. And and you saw how how much how important it was these field goal kickers in this last Super Bowl. I mean, multiple fifty yeah. yard field goals. Yeah, I was out at practice uh, last August, and there was a south breeze, maybe. Southwest breeze. It wasn't, uh, you know, it was it was under ten, and he was out there sixty five yards out, and I mean it was going through the, you know, maybe ten yards up in the upright, you know, and hitting that net just over and over and over, and I was like, man, that's that's big time there. I mean, it's he it's it's a weapon when you got uh, accuracy from that, and it, it just looked normal. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a heavy leg swing. He wasn't hitting line drives. I mean, he was just just taking it up there, and it was, you know, middle of the uprights from 65 out. I, he never got that chance in a game, but I always felt like he was going to break the, you know, the Arkansas record, which is, you know, what, 67? I don't think they right? knew how to use him. But, but on offense, we didn't, we didn't know how to do a whole lot this year on offense. But <laughs> – he, it's, it's, that's a mouthful, but you're right. But, but sometimes, Clay, coaches get, it's, uh, 
it's kind of, it, I don't know. It's like, well, we got to sit. It feels like a settle for three. And, yeah, the, the, the really long ones, they're, they're like end of game, end of half. Mm-hmm, because a miss mm-hmm. means you're giving up huge They, they field just position. go for it. Yeah. Go for it or punt it and try to pin them down, change the field position. Yeah. You see the quarterbacks, Jaden Daniels, Sam Hartman, Devin Leary, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, Joe Milton, Bo Nix, Michael Penix. Michael Pratt from Tulane, Spencer Rattler, Western Kentucky's Austin Reed, Keaton Slovis, who we saw from BYU, Jordan Travis, and Caleb Williams. What are, what are, the, what are these two weeks like? It's less than two weeks until the, the combine, Matt. So what, you, you know, you've obviously, you're getting ready for it. And you know, for once you play your final game and you have a sense of, you know, that maybe they're going to be looking at you. I think for most of these guys to get the invite, it's not really a surprise. So they've been preparing for this anyway. So what are the, what is this last like home stretch like before the combine? Everything's a little bit different for the, they all have a, a routine, a regimen, or, or or whatever. For me, I left December twenty sixth and, and went to Parisi Speed School in New York uh, and, and trained. And then I, I took a break from training to go go down to Mobile, Alabama, to play in the Senior Bowl. And so uh, you you have a you know, you got to have a plan. You have something in action. You know what you're doing Monday. You know what you're doing Tuesday. It's about taking care of your body. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're training with other athletes that are like-minded with the same goal, uh, with a little competition. And, and then you, you are kind of like, um, you know, what do they say, a herd of cattle? Because, you know, the Senior Bowl is the same thing as the Combine. It, a lot of stuff's repetitive. Like, you, they do a lot of the th- same thing at the Senior Bowl that you'll do at the Combine. Or maybe a team, maybe like, I will just say, like the Dolphins and, and the Buccaneers. Or somebody's interested you at the comb- at, at the Senior Bowl. And then you get to the Combine, it's another team. You know, Baltimore, they're going to do their own research. They're not going to trust what Miami says. So, it, however many teams kind of have their eye on you, is, is how, how, how kind of what you're, what, you're, what you're looking at. And there's always, you know, 10, 12, 15 teams. Matt, what did what the speed camp, what's the, what is the one thing that, that maybe you found out there that, that, that helped you? The, the warm-up, Clay. We did this warm-up. It was a 20-minute warm-up, and it was like the whole workout. Like, you, we did this. It was a lot of track stuff. That, um, we worked on our 20s a lot. You, you work on Starting. your – Yes, yeah. Did we, I don't think – well, you work on your 5s and your 10s, but we, I didn't run a full 40-yard sprint in, 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 until maybe a couple weeks before. He, one, one day we were working out, and – uh, you know how, you know, he's like, I'm the only guy that can take a nap while you're working out, you know? And so he's like, he's, I was like, dude, I'm gonna run a four, four. He's like, whatever. I was like, no, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, you know, I'm not trying to be weird about it. I'm just like, I'm going to run a four, four. And he goes, all right, well let's, let's run, run. And so I run one and it's four, four, two. He's like, oh, uh, okay. And so then it's kind of, now we know, you know, most people say they run a four, four and then they go run a four, six, one. And you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. That's bit, that is that has happened. So that's the only one I ran million yeah. times. Forty million. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, think of it just like so. You thought you were lying about that when when we, you'd have the time right in front of you at some point. Yeah, no, but I just I guess everybody's like you know you'd go to camp. I, I told you the story about Oklahoma State and Bob Simmons, but we were racing somebody and and there was, there was a receiver there and he's like, oh, I I want to race you, white boy, and it's like, okay, well, what do you run? He's like, I run a four four. I said, Well, let's race, you know. And <laughs> and sure enough, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't run a four four. But and they're like, Oh man, you're fast for a white boy. It's like, No, I'm I'm fast for any. I I'm, think I'm just fast. Yeah. Fast for a human. Fast for a six six guy. When did they stop dropping that last part in there on you? Boy, you're kind of fast for a white boy. <laughs> At some point, they just stop saying you're that. Just that. The dude can just run, right? You, yeah. you can either ball or you can't. That's that's for sure. Yeah. I was talking with Darren McFadden today about Dean Weber, and it reminded me of oh, a couple of weeks ago speaking with uh, Danny Nutt, and he said that uh, they had him up at camp as a sophomore, got him out, going to run 40s today. He's like, okay, I'm ready. Stretched a little bit, ran a little bit, lined up four, two, five on multiple watches. Wow. McFadden had that. 16. He had that speed that was whatever you're running. It's kind of like Devin Hester, Clay. Whatever you're running, I can run two steps faster. He, <laughs> he just had that in him. Yep. And so they were like, well, let's run him again. Well, it, it was basically the same time again. They said, we don't need to run him anymore. And then that's also the minute you get an offer. <laughs> yeah, and don't go to any other camps. Don't we, go. Yeah, yeah. Don't this, go. You're, you're a Razorback. Yeah, you're in, we don't need you to go anywhere else. Stay with us as we... Don't uh, run any more 40s ever, anywhere. 
Get into some Arkansas baseball in a moment. Um, we uh, we have as we now know who's going to be leading off for this Arkansas baseball team, at least at the start of the season. We know what the starting rotation looks like for the first four games. We know that Gage Wood is on the closer of the year preseason watch list. And we know the first game will be played on Friday at 3 o'clock. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Eight o'clock tip off. Well, I guess 802 is when they usually tip it off tonight. But Walton Arena, Chuck and Zim will have the courtside show starting at 7:30 on this ESPN Arkansas affiliate that you're listening to right now. Tennessee, they gotta be coming in angry after an 85-69 loss at AM. But they, remember, I mean, a week before they'd beaten Kentucky, putting up 103 at Rupp, and then A&M holds them to 69 points. Uh, it's going to be a tough team to slow down. They can really score. 82 points a game in conference, 47% shooting. And, man, a thing that stands out about Tennessee, to me, guys, is point guard play, which definitely separates them from Arkansas this year. They assist on 60% of their baskets in the SEC. Uh, Ziggler, the point guard, has uh, 69 assists in 10 games. So you remember how sometimes with Arkansas, they're a little bit stationary. This Tennessee team is going to move that ball around, and they know how to find the open man, and a lot of times the open man is Dalton Connect. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to, to think about the way Tennessee plays. Um, hard cuts really solid screens very effective screens they're not moving i mean they set up properly they turn their man into the screens um and but the hard cuts that gets you open and off the ball screens hard cuts and then you know they they they've got people open and that leads uh, to passes that uh, you know turn into assists so you, you have to, your help defense, you have to be able to protect the, the rim with, you know, from the cutters. And it's, um, some teams can do that. Some teams, uh, they get caught up in that, you know, the off-ball screens. And I think that's the hardest thing for a defender is that you turn your head and all at once you're screened. In other words, you're watching the ball, and then there's somebody who comes from the offside and they screen you, and it is a physical tough hard screen and your man cuts and so the screener's man has to be aware to help and it's uh, you know switches on screen there's a lot of teams that that you know that'll switch on on ball screens but off ball screens it's much tougher to switch and that's where people come open they have the best point guard in the in, in the SEC. If if you remember right, last year Zakai Ziegler got hurt, and, and Tennessee wasn't the same. He's just a vet, and I don't mean the best like Anthony Black, like he's going to be a first round pick. I don't know that he has NBA that that's going to happen. But as far as what you want in an SEC point guard, he is the number one point guard in the in the SEC. Uh, if he if his game's on, and you're right, they got a lot of shooters. They they got athletes. They got people that can go. But 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 Phil, his his stat line, the last time he hasn't had at least six assists in a game, like once in the last uh, four f- five games, and then you then you look at steals, three steals, five steals, four steals, six assists, nine assists, thirteen assists. 
I mean, that's what you want in a point guard. He is not a, a score first point guard. Now he can fill it up, but he's trying to get every that's he's watch him play the game of basketball, and man, you're you're gonna fall in love with his game because he 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 knows he plays the game the right way. We don't have I wonder like if you put Debo on him, I, I don't I don't know that that's the smartest move, Clay. Like I, I think you and I, you gotta put Debo on number three. That that that's their guy. That's connect, yeah. But but how are you gonna I, I just don't think we match don't know up who at we all have. with this team. Yeah, yeah, there's not there isn't a defensive point guard on this team. That's been the problem. And he he can straight line drive to the to the to the rim. And that that really, you know, presents problems for this team. But Boy, you love to play with a guy like this because if you're open and you better have your hands ready because he's going to put it on mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And he's going to put it on you. There's a pass, and then there's a pass that's ready to be a shot. And his passes, whether they're lobs, whether they're, you know, they're backhand passes, you know, what, whatever. I mean, they're going to be where you catch and then you can shoot. You're not reaching back for it. You're not reaching up for it. It's going to be put you in that, you know, that, what do you call it, the the triple threat Mm -hmm, position. mm -hmm. It's going to arrive, and you can do anything with it, especially shoot. Tennessee half a game in back of Auburn for third place in the SEC at 7-3, Arkansas 3-7. Hogs are only... Three and a half games out of last place behind 0-11 Missouri, and hopefully they keep losing all their games here. The other game tonight, guys, is South Carolina at Auburn. Um, this ought to be a fun game because you get a high-powered offense in Auburn that are averaging 84 points in SEC wins, and the Gamecocks, who haven't allowed 70 points in the last 22 games. So uh, th- this... This one, hey, if, if the Arkansas-Tennessee game gets out of hand, like we've seen some games get in the first five to seven to eight minutes, uh, I, may, I may flip over and, and watch the Gamecocks and the Tigers. So what time does that game one. start? It starts 30 minutes before. Okay. It's, it's uh, SEC Network 730, yeah. uh, Arkansas's ESPN 2-8. Got it. Listen to Matt. Well, I got to work tonight, Clay, you know, pulling a double shift today, so I got to be on top of it. So you're the reaction guy? I've been delivering the post-game eulogy most uh, (laughs) most games afterwards. That's what it's been. That's likely what it's going to be now. But let me just say, when you play Arkansas in Bud Walton Arena, you you better – you better bring your, your that used your to be the bucket. thing, Clay. Clay, they they I have still let think me it, down I, this year, man. I think they're they're in a little surge. Okay, and I think okay. they they're probably back. got a little bit of confidence. They're they're more full strength, um, and it looks like he's figured out who he's going to play. Who he so trusts. there's not there's not as much confusion about okay, oh, this is my role. Then I think when you know your role. It's you play with more confidence, and I think that's that's kind of what's happening. Um, and I think they're going to probably rotate probably two or three guys on on Ziegler. That's that's my guess. You can't let him get comfortable. He's so good. I think he's the best point guard in in the SEC. And they they do this some when they have a guy that they really fear with the ball. Must will just go doubling, just make him give up the ball. He, he might go back make and other get people it again. Make the plays. That's right. Yeah, and so that that might be what you see. Some, if uh, I can't remember what the guy, kid's name was, but Auburn came in here with a hot shot freshman, and they he was just cutting him up, and they just took the ball out of his hand. They doubled him when he got to half court, and he had to give it up. And you know that that's that's uh, we've seen that with with uh, Coach Musselman. If he's there's somebody that they think. Is going to hurt them. They, they just they just go take the ball out of his hand by making him pass. So with with Devo back and and you know getting the kind of minutes I guess that you expect from him and L Ellis, who this was what just kind of blows me away, did not play against Missouri or LSU, plays nearly the entire game against Georgia and had his best game as a Razorback. So you're hoping that you see something along those lines in this one tonight from L. But does that mean that? Caleb Battle's role continues to be diminished because he hasn't been on the court much in the last couple of games. Well, here's the here's the deal with Eric Mussman. There's always a surprise right around the corner. Well, you're right. This year there certainly has been. Whether whether it be playing time or whether it be 
reliance, whether he calls somebody's number. And, you know, it's, but uh, every time I see battle, he puts up a shot that you think, well, he's coming out. It's not any, you know, that, that was, you know, the, I can't remember which game it was. He turned his ankle. He's laying out of bounds. He jumps up. Ball comes to me. He, he can always stand on one ankle. And he shot it anyway. And then, you know, then limped off the, the court. He's done. It's like, what? You know, I've never seen somebody that wants to shoot it in the dead corner when he's only got one foot he can put weight on. But that guy's he's he not get a shot. He's not lacking confidence, Clay. Well, that, that's one way to put it. You got to rein him in a little. I, I, you play with players like this before. You kind of got to you, you. You don't want to to box him in too much because you got to let him be free and be an artist. But he does have to have some parameters. He does have to have, like you said, Clay. He does have to know his role. You, you yeah. do have to know well, when it's a time and place. I get it. You know, you don't ever tell Todd Day that that's a bad you shot. Got, yeah, so you got to let. But him he's play. not Todd yeah. Day, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of daylight between uh, Caleb Battle and Todd Day, just a little bit. Uh, this th- look at this. Tennessee is an eight and a half point favorite on Bet Sarazen at Bud Walton tonight. Hogs would be a double digit underdog if this game was being played at Thompson Bowling Arena. And I mean, you understand the reasons why? Correct. They've got all sorts of prop bets on Bet Sarazen right now as well, including. Uh, method of first basket for either Arkansas or Tennessee. If an Arkansas free throw is the first basket, that's plus 1750. We'll see if that actually does happen. You know, and Tennessee actually allows more free throws than they make in SEC play, so that'd be an interesting one to look at. 877-377-6963 for calls and texts on a McClarty Daniel hotline. And you hear those odds? And the prop bets on Bet Sarazen right now. They got quick bet specials for tonight's game, double our prop bets, and uh, a boost uh, where you get plus 300 for uh, Arkansas, plus eight and a half, and over 151 points. That's on your Bet Sarazen app. If you don't have it, download it. If you got an Apple iPhone, go to the App Store. If you got an Android phone, go to Google Play. They got it right there for you. Or you can go to any web browser and type it in betsarazen.com. It's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app, but you got to be inside the state of Arkansas in order to use it. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.